And we are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. I've been in a series on the book of Acts. And uh, Acts, we, if we were preaching on Acts today, it would be Acts chapter 5. And it's the, the slaying and the death of Ananias and Sapphira. It didn't seem like a good theme for family and fun day. So we're going to take a little turn here. We're going to talk today about children. You just saw dozens and dozens of children on the stage, and we're going to talk today about the importance of children. One of the things I would love to see happen at Bayshore is I would love for Bayshore to be known as a church that ministers to children and has care for adults. So many times we think about uh, children's ministry as, you know, we, p- people market their church. We have a great church, and they market their church, with all the good things they have for the adults, and we have child care. Our church doesn't want to be a church that has child care, but we want to be a church that has ministry for children because children are just as important as adults. And uh, you saw that this morning. All these children up here in our county is filled with children, and we want to have a church that loves children and cares about children. So I want to read to you uh, the uh, great text in the New Testament about children. It's in Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 through 15. This is in the life of Jesus, and you've heard this uh, story before. Many artists have rendered a picture of this story. And here's what it says. Matthew 19, 13 through 15 says, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Now, this is a great story because it tells us about people in Jesus' ministry during Jesus' time that brought children to Jesus. Now, let's think about who that probably was that brought those children to Jesus. More than likely, it doesn't say in the text, but we can assume for sure that it was the parents that brought their children to Jesus for Jesus to bless them. So it's a wonderful picture of of parents that actually bring their children to Jesus. Let me ask you a question that I have to ask myself every week. When is the last time I brought my children to Jesus in prayer for him to bless them? Did you pray for your children this week? They may be 30, they may be 40, they may be 50, but did you pray for your children? In this story, we have a story of people that brought their children to Jesus for Jesus to bless. I know when I was growing up and I was wild, I was a preacher's kid and, and 
and I was kind of crazy, that my mom was constantly carrying me to Jesus in prayer. And the reason I'm preaching you this morning is because I had a mother that prayed for me when uh, everybody thought I was way off. And so parents, when they pray for their children, it makes an incredible difference. So let me just challenge you. If you how many of you here this morning, you have a child or two. You are, you're a parent. And uh, as you raise your hands, there is somebody that is in your heart, your children, that every week you should carry those children to Jesus. Because here's what it says. It says in the book of James, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person availeth much. What does that mean? That means that when you pray, it matters. When you pray for your kids, it matters. You may pray for them and you may not see any results at first, but as you pray for them and you're consistently in pray, consistent in praying for them, you're going to see a difference in their life. So we're called to pray for our children. So it says that these parents brought these little children to Jesus for him to bless them. Now, the disciples reacted to that situation. The disciples assumed this. The disciples assumed that Jesus was a very important person, and he had very important things to do, and he needed to see important people. And so, therefore, he did not have time to be fooling around with children because Jesus was the Savior of the world, and he was very important. And so they rebuked, they actually pushed away these people that were trying to bring their children to Jesus, and Jesus rebuked them for that. Now here's what we learned from that little piece of the story. We learned this from that little piece of the story. We learned this, we learn that Jesus values children, and when he thought to himself, I want to do something important today, and I want to be with important people, he did that, and he spent it with children. If you take the most important person in our state, maybe just say Governor, governor Markle, the governor of our state, and we put the governor of the state here on this stage, and then we put a little child, maybe one of your little children, on the other side of the stage. Let me ask you, who is most important in the scheme of things? The Bible says that Jesus said these little children are incredible, incredibly valuable. And sometimes we look at the smallness of children, we look at how minute they are, how small they are, and we assume that they're not that important. But Jesus rebuked those, those disciples, and he called upon them to change their value system, to recognize that children are infinitely valuable. And listen to this. If children are valuable to Jesus, they should be valuable to the church. If children are valuable to Jesus, they should be valuable to the church. And so therefore, there are, there's this incredible need in our community for people to see the call to minister to children, to love children like Judy and Rhea Woolman, as we saw today, that they love children, they care about these children. And our church wants to raise up a host of volunteers, of people that love children, that care about children, that dedicate their lives to loving and caring for children. Now, here's what I know about children. I know that children uh, sometimes can be a challenge. They can be uh, difficult. How many have ever had uh, your children uh, be a little challenging in your life, and you just kind of prayed for them, and maybe the Lord would just like do something to those kids to straighten them out? And we ought to be praying for our kids. I remember when hearing about Susanna Wesley. Uh, you know, she had 13 children. Susanna Wesley was, of course, the mother of John Wesley and the mother of Charles Wesley, men of the great hymns that people sing in uh, mainline churches come from Charles Wesley. John Wesley had a great revival, established a Methodist church. His mother had 13 kids, and when she was a little, uh, when she was a mother of all these little children, she would pray every day for those children. And uh, she had a little method, 
she, had, she wore an apron, and uh, she would pour the, pull, pull the apron over her head, and that signaled to her children not to bother her because she was praying. And so she would pull that apron over her head, and she would pray for those children by name and lift them up before the Lord by name. Now, I'm sure sometimes she just pulled the apron over her head to take a nap. You know what I mean? But she was constantly praying for the children because she understood how important those children were to Jesus, and she prayed for them. And the Lord had a destiny for John Wesley, a destiny for Charles Wesley, and it all had to do with his mother being dedicated to praying for him, seeking the Lord for him, caring for him, and pouring out her prayers for him. And, and, and she gave her efforts to raising those children for, for the ways of the Lord. And so when we think about our community, we think about children, parents need to be committed to praying for their children. And then the church needs to value children as being infinitely valuable in the sight of God and just lift them up and care for them and be completely uh, compassionate and dedicated to the rearing of children and loving children. When I think about uh, my experience as a a father becoming a parent uh, when I was about 21 years old, do you remember the feeling you had when, when you brought your first child home from the hospital, do you remember that feeling? You know, you felt so inadequate about raising that child. I mean, I remember when uh, Tim was born in Sacred Heart Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you know, he was, had some respiratory problems. He was in the hospital a little while, and we had to pray him through all that. And then finally the day came when the, when the nurse kind of put Karen in the, the little wheelchair and rolled her out to the curb, and I went to get the car, and we put our first child, little Tim, put him in that car seat, and you remember how their, their heads bobbled around? They didn't have any neck muscles. Doesn't that look awful? You're like, they're going to break their necks. They're bobbling around. It looked like a little bobble, bobble doll in the back, and we put him there, and, and I'm thinking, we have no idea what we're doing. We don't know how to raise a child, and they didn't give you a notebook. They didn't give you, they didn't give you any instructions. I, shouldn't somebody come with us? Shouldn't somebody come with us for like six months? You know, they just put us in the car. And, you know, if you get a driver's license in our county, you've got to take a class, you've got to pass a test, and you've got to have somebody ride with you for six months. But they'll give you a human being to take home from the hospital (laughs) with no idea what to do. And we know, we knew we needed help. We needed somebody to come beside us and help us, somebody to help us, to support us, and, and, and so what the church is, the church uh, and what Bayshore is all about, Bayshore is about us coming beside mom and dad, coming beside them and praying with them as they raise their children in the ways of the Lord, coming beside them and encouraging them, coming beside them and teaching their children a worldview that comes from the Bible and, and all the things that their children hear. We want to be a counterculture to the culture that they grow up in. So we want to come beside you and help you. One of the reasons that we need to be dedicated to children is at Bayshore is because uh, today, more than any other time in history, children are coming from fragmented and broken families. And, and that's a, just a reality of our culture. And that's not to place blame on anybody. I know people that have worked hard to keep their marriages together, to keep their lives together, but there were uncontrollable circumstances with the other party, and they couldn't seem to work that out. But here's what I know, and you know, and we all know, that children many times are the collateral damage of broken relationships. And so children come to Bayshore 
from our culture, and because our culture is fragmented, and because our culture is broken, because families are broken, they come here and we want to be a refuge. We want to be a place of security, a place of peace, a place of love where children can come and they can see Judy Chumbra stand there with a big smile on her face and Jesus on her face and see Rhea Woolman and the other volunteers standing there as a, as a place of security for these children that are coming from broken homes. And so we want to be uh, people that love children where they are. And you know, many times children can't express or they can't articulate the deep wounds they have inside from what they're experiencing in their families. And so they need to come to a place where there's love and where there's encouragement and where there's a sense of grace upon them. And so I believe that Bayshore, God is anointing Bayshore. God is helping Bayshore. God is raising up people in our church to come beside broken children in our community and show them love and encouragement. You say, Pastor Danny, I can't teach. I'm not an eloquent teacher. I can't teach. You may be, may, able to, may, may be able to do more than you think you can. We've got some great curriculum that we offer here at Bayshore. But maybe uh, you could just provide a big hug for kids. You know, kids just need somebody to hug them sometimes to, in, in, in a loving, compassionate way to put their arms around a little child and hug that little child and let that little child know that there's somebody that loves them and cares about them. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, my, my granddaughter, Willa Grace, you know, she's uh, has come from a challenging environment with her family situation. My son's doing a great job and all that, but the, there was a, a problem in his first marriage. And so I see little, 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 little Willow. I look into her eyes, and I see her every week. I spend time with her, and I look into her eyes, and, uh, and I always try to discern if there's hurt inside of her. And what I do is, uh, I, you know, I do a lot. I, take her to different things that she does, she loves to do. I take her fishing. We go frog hunting. She loves horses now, so we're spending time around horses. But every week that I'm with her, every week that I'm with her, I always put my arm around her. And I always rub her, her neck, and her hair's long, and I always touch her cheeks, and I always kiss her before she leaves. Because, you know, it says in this story that Jesus touched the little children. Children need to be touched, touched with compassion and love. They need to be loved and hugged. And uh, here's what hug stands for. Uh, hugs stand for at Bayshore. Everybody say hugs. Hug stands for helping us grow successfully. Helping us grow successfully. Sometimes a hug makes all the difference in the world. We want to be a place where children are lovingly and caringly hugged and touched in a very pure and godly way. And that's an important thing. When I was in uh, second grade, my teacher was Mrs. Kaiser. And uh, I, I got started a little slow in school. And I, I did first grade twice. They thought I needed to just go do it again. So I did first grade twice. <laughs> and when I got into second grade, I knew I wasn't the sharpest pencil in the box. And I knew that I had some insecurity issues as a little second grader. And I remember my teacher, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Kaiser, and I, was sit, I would be sitting at the desk trying to do my letters, and, and she would be helping me, and she would come behind me. She had these beautiful white hands with these uh, fingernails all painted, and she would rub my shoulders, and then she would rub my head, she would rub my arms, and I'm tearing up making those letters at that point, you know, because her touch, her loving touch made a difference. It says that Jesus came and he touched and he blessed the little children. So if you're a parent, let me just challenge you, especially if you're a dad and you've got little girls, it's important for you to put your arms around your little girls and let them know how much you love them, how much you care about them. And, uh, you know, hug your little boys. You don't want to do it in front of other little boys, but just hug them. 
Give them a hug when nobody's looking. Let them know how much you love them. So Jesus, in this story, he gave us a new paradigm. And the paradigm is the disciples tried to stop the children from coming to Jesus. And Jesus overturned that paradigm. And he said, let the children come to me. And he, and he hugged them, and he blessed them, and he put them in his arms, and he took care of them. And we want to we do that in our community because so many of our little children in our community have broken hearts. They have struggles. It's harder to be a child now than ever before. Uh, school shootings, that's on the media. Children see that. Uh, children uh, come from broken homes. Children need a lot of love and compassion in our community. And if you're willing to be a part of an army to let children know at Bayshore that they're loved, would you say a big amen right now? Amen. So that's part of what we're called to do, to reach out and touch little children. Now, I believe that uh, in this story... We see this incredible principle, and the principle is, is that Jesus teaches us children are a priority, so therefore you make children a priority. And because children have been hurt and wounded, they need someone to love them, someone to care for them, and someone to teach them a worldview that's correct. Teach them a worldview that's correct. I did a wedding uh, a while back, and the wedding was uh, done by... I performed the wedding, and, it, and the young lady and the young man getting married had never gone to church anywhere. They were the first generation of their family that had not gone to church. Uh, I, knew the, I knew the little girl's mother. Her mother went to church. Her grandmother went to church. But when the mother uh, grew up, she left church and never came back, and so she raised a daughter that never went to church. And so I did this wedding because I was a friend of the family. And as I performed the wedding uh, and I listened to the toast and I listened to everything, it was obvious that Jesus had nothing to do in their life. It was completely secular. God was completely an afterthought and he wasn't the center of their life. And her worldview, well-educated young lady, her worldview was totally humanistic, that humans are the center of the universe, that we are all that they are, uh, all that there is. And so therefore, there was this, uh, this incredible tilt away from faith. And I, I believe that we have this need in our community for us to give a worldview to children where God is the center of the universe and that God has a plan for their life and God has a future for them and we need to teach them a worldview. I'm a product of public education. I went to public high school I went to the University of Delaware, have a public uh, college education, went to Salisbury University, have a Maryland uh, uh, a master's degree from Salisbury University, and then I have a couple theological degrees as well. But my education was totally secular. But let me tell you something. My, my worldview does not come from University of Delaware. My worldview does not come from uh, Salisbury University. My worldview does not come from the movies I see. My worldview does not come from the news I watch on TV. My worldview comes from what I learned in church. My worldview comes from what I learned from my dad and what I learned from my Sunday school teachers. My worldview puts Jesus in the center of the world, and we need a, com we need a community, we need a church that teaches children a worldview that's superior to a secular worldview, and that's important for us to do. I, I read this about uh, Charles Colson. Charles Colson was, uh, of course, worked with President, uh, uh, President Nixon. He was involved with Watergate, and then after Watergate, 
uh, you know, he was in jail for a while, and then while he was in jail, he became a Christian, and he, he was a great uh, apologist, a person that defended the faith and spoke for Christianity. He was once uh, in uh, England, and here's what it says. Uh, Charles Coulson, Coulson writes, When I was in Buck Buckingham Palace, Prince Philip asked me, What can we do about the crime here in England? I replied, Send more children to Sunday school. He thought I was joking. But I pointed out a study by sociologist Christy Davis, which found that in the first half of the 1800s, British society was marked by high levels of crime and violence, which dropped dramatically in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. What changed an entire national character? Throughout that period, attendance at Sunday school rose steadily until by 1888, a full 75% of children in England were enrolled. So what that teaches is, is when you teach children about faith and about true morality and give them a true biblical worldview, it affects the world around them. And so one of the things that's happened in our community, in our world, in our nation, is that we see this drift of, into chaos in our country with crime and violence. But part of the solution to that is that we put in the hearts of children uh, a, a faith that's secure. We put in the hearts of children a love for God and put in the hearts of children a desire to serve Jesus and, under, and understand that there's a worldview that makes sense. So I believe that, and that's what uh, I think Beshwar is called to do. Now, I want to just uh, close by this. Um, Karen and I went, went on our 25th wedding anniversary. Uh, we went on our first cruise, and we went to, it was in August, our wedding uh, anniversary is in August, so we went to uh, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, St. John's, took a cruise out of New York City. And so when we went to uh, St. John's in the New Brunswick area of Canada, we, we visited, uh, we had a tour guide, and we visited the Bay of Fundy. Now, if you know about the Bay of Fundy, but the Bay of Fundy is right where St. John's is, and the Bay of Fundy has the highest tides, the highest tides in the whole world. In a matter, uh, twice a day, about 160 billion tons of water go in and out of that bay. So in that bay, uh, the, 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 the tide and the current is horrendous. One day, there's a, there's a statue actually in the uh, St. John's the Bay of Fundy, at the mouth of the Bay of Fundy, that, that, that shares the story. Uh, one day, there was a group of people that were standing there watching the tide go out on the dock, and because you can literally see the tide, it moves so fast. You can see the tide moving. So one day, there were a bunch of people standing out there on the, on the dock. And a little girl accidentally fell into the bay. And of course, everybody knew right away what was going to happen. That tide was going to carry her out to the sea. It was going to happen very quickly. So what happened was... Uh, everybody was scared to death and nobody jumped in to save her. But there was this one guy by the name of uh, Fred Young who was running down the street, saw what happened. He got a, a big life, uh, uh, one of those big life rings. It was tied to a long rope and he threw the rope on the dock and then he hurled that, that life-saving uh, thing as far as he could out toward the little girl. And then he jumped in. And everybody's applauding. Everybody's applauding because he is trying to save this little girl, and he swims toward her, and when he finally gets to her, everybody applauds again. But when he tries to put the life uh, ring around her, he discovers that people have been so captivated 
by watching him swim toward this little girl, then nobody picked up the end of the rope. And they went out, that little girl and that Fred Young went out into the ocean to perish. And so there's, if you go to St. John's today, you'll see, you'll see a, a, a statue of Fred Young. And that statue doesn't just simply represent hero, an, a heroic person, but it represents people that did not pick up a rope to save children. And one of the things that I know about us here at Bayshore is we want, we want our very, very best people, our very best people to step up and say, listen, I want to I help children. I want to serve with Judy. I want to serve with Rhea. By the way, let's give Judy and Rhea a big hand. Let them know how much we appreciate them. But if we're going to change this generation, if we're going to change our community, it's going to take more than Rhea. It's going to take more than Judy. I'll be sometimes, you know, standing in the foyer, and I'll be talking to Judy, and a little child will see Judy uh, from the other side of the foyer, and that child will run, full run, and just put his arms around Judy and hug her, hug her legs till her legs turn blue. I'm telling you, just hugs on those, that Judy. And you know why they do that? They do that because, because they love Judy. And you know why they love Judy? They love Judy because Judy loves them. And so I'm asking you, as we start our new building program, as we come into the fall, I'm asking that this fall that we'll have more people that will roll up their sleeves. And maybe you're, you're, you've raised your kids. Maybe you're a grandparent. Maybe you don't have children. Uh, maybe uh, you, you know, you're at a stage of life where you think, I don't have anything to do with children anymore. But let me tell you something. We need, we need the best people to put their arms around little children and hug them and let them know that they're loved and cared for. In a culture that has broken kids, we need to, be, we need to have people that love children that are dedicated children so they can heal the broken hearts of little children. Would you lift up your hands today? Let's just ask the Lord to bless children this, this fall as we put a new emphasis on children in our church. Lord, we pray for all of, of these children that we have been entrusted to that are part of our church already. We pray for the hundreds that are still to come, that are going to come to Bayshore to be ministered to. We pray that you'll raise up people in our church that will pour out their hearts and love children and serve children and teach children. We pray that you'll give us uh, more, uh, more strength and more energy than we've ever had before. So we just pray your blessing on that, and we thank you for what you're already doing in our children's ministry. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen.